VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Chloe and Callum in for Jane and Fee all of this week. I hope you've been listening to us on the radio and enjoying our conversations. Had a brilliant chat today with Matty Lee. I have to say, just before we hear from him, we had to invite him into our cupboard today, didn't we? <laughs> so the main oh, studio's out yeah. of action. Just as a little a little insight into Times Radio Towers, which I think you appreciate. But the main studio was out of action for us today because they're changing the lights or I something. I think for all of the videos for social media, they want the lights to be better. Mm. Sometimes the lights slightly blind you yes. and then you turn them down and then they don't light you properly. So they're changing the lights. It's taking quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, were, we were evacuated. <laughs> to a cupboard. To the cupboard in mm. the corner, which arguably has a better view of the City of London. Beautiful view. It was a lovely day today. Uh, and that is where we welcomed Olympic champion diver Matty Lee to come in and say hello and he did come in which is always so appreciated particularly for somebody like him who's got a mad old schedule of training and tr- you know trying to win more olympic mm. medals it's no mean feat well he came straight from training exactly. he? he came straight from the pool he trains at stratford and he was saying that he came straight from the pool but more than that one of the things that over the many years of interviewing people it makes such a difference when people come in face to face because you've got the eye contact they relax it felt like a really honest open conversation it wasn't an interview we just had a chat yeah. and a genuinely lovely bloke who was incredibly honest about mental health struggles which he had post olympics slightly i think it's probably fair to say living in tom daly's shadow mm-hmm. up until the 2020 really 2021 olympics in tokyo um and, and yeah just being really honest about how down he got after such an incredible high which is completely understandable yeah 100 percent. it's the first time we've met him yeah we are absolute matty lee fans oh, and yeah, you will you. be as well after you've heard him here we uh, were chatting to him first off about that olympic win and crucially crucially and rarely managing to be a chinese pair at diving it's really really rare like in our spot in diving there has only been... So each Olympics, so that Olympics, we were the only ones to beat the Chinese. In every other event, they got a gold medal. And then the same thing in Rio, there was only one, which was the, our boys, Jack and Chris, um, they got a gold as well. So it's it's re- honestly crazy rare to beat the Chinese. And like usually you kind of just write them off. You think, yeah, they'll be number one. We're going to fight for silver. But obviously this time around we didn't. So what was different <laughs> that day? Uh, I don't know. We just, we really just work together like as soon as we woke up we were like it's, it, today's our day sort of thing and we went for breakfast not on purpose in the in the athletes village uh with adam peating oh. and he was also competing that morning and i think that's when he got his first goal too so it was almost like i don't know we were 
Rem- I don't know. Thinking about gold, obviously gold at breakfast. So we all, we both all got it. Can I just say what's really nice about, even as you're telling the story, is how much you smile. As soon as you said, and that day we, we did it, yeah. the smile on your face is huge. Yeah, no, it's because uh, it's just something you always dream of. Yeah. And then, like, we actually did it. And, and I don't always talk about it, so it's always nice to... And it's been a while, well, it's not been that long, but it's been about over a year. And it's just nice to kind of reminisce. Yeah, mm. for sure. What stage are you at now, then, in the sort of middle of February 2023? What is... What stage of the cycle, I suppose, are we at? So it's an interesting bit of the cycle because it's like it's, it's so everything from the last, the previous Olympics has died down now, mm-hmm. and then it, we're about to start. I don't know, getting involved in the hype for the next Olympics. So it's kind of it's not boring because it's I'm obviously just training, but you know, all the fun, the hypeness, the the, the fun stuff outside of the diving has slowed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that actually kind of allows us to focus on the training. Um, so it is just. This next season, so this year, we can qualify early for the Olympic Games. So it is like a very crucial year um, for sure. And then obviously the next year is is the year of the Olympics. How did you cope after the Olympics? I'm always fascinated when I get to meet Olympic champions. I've been very lucky in this job to, to meet quite a few. And I'm always in awe of the sacrifices, the dedication, mm. the single-mindedness to achieve that. And you are special human beings to be able to do that. You're you're wired in a different way mm-hmm. to, to, to other people. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do when you have everything you've worked for, as you've just said, for so many years, you've achieved it? What happens then? You've obviously got the elation, mm-hmm. but then what? Um, it is a very weird time because not many people can relate because not many people have, have won a gold medal. And especially like, you know, you, this is our, it's our job and it's our dream, especially from a young kid as well. Like I started diving at seven. So straight away I was like, you know, I kind of want to be an Olympian. Or like I would tell my primary school teachers I want to be an Olympic champion sort of thing. And I was kind of messing around back then. Um, but obviously then when you actually go do that at the age of 23, it's like, oh, wow, like what, the, what, what on earth do I do now? Like I've reached the one thing I always wanted. Um, and it is kind of a scary place to be. Uh, and to be fair, I didn't, it wasn't too bad because there was so much, so much stuff going on after the Olympics that just kept me so excited and I was still on this huge high. And then going on, on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here as well, that really helped because that made me, I don't know, feel like I was still on this really high cool journey of mine uh, but it was actually after I'm a celeb where I was like where I literally just went back home to my flat in London and then went back to training the next day and I was like oh like nothing nothing was exciting anymore and it was actually re- it was it was hard it was a weird time because and it kind of still is a bit like that um but you only kind of get these sort of feelings when you do compete because when you compete you get to you know show what you've been working on um in front of a load of people and it's every four years in, in the sport like diving as well it's it only comes around every four years where people actually care, which is sad, but that is the, the truth. Only people care about diving and some of the sports in, in the Olympics when it's the Olympics. So it's, it's a weird one, but I mean, I, I, I know how great it felt in Tokyo. So, I, you know, I want that again. I would argue it's not that people don't care, it's that there isn't the coverage. No, that's true. If it was on the TV, you know what it's like, people just get excited and will watch Mm -hmm. it. It's to do with the choices that are made, aren't they, about when they decide to put it on. Would you say then that your mental health suffered as a result after? Yeah, no, it did. And I I was very aware that this was a thing, um, that after Olympics, even if you've done really well, even if you've done terribly bad, you can suffer uh, people, I can't really call it... uh, 
uh, post-Olympic depression. That's what it, it is actually a thing. Um, and it's because, you know, you, you've worked four years for this one thing, you've gone, even if you've done good or bad, it's still over. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then you just kind of, and because it's, so it's just so interesting being around other athletes and going to the Olympics, seeing those rings everywhere you go. And then all of a sudden you're just kind of at home and it's like, bang, like nothing feels exciting. And it's like, oh, another four years away, like sort of thing. Um, and I, I definitely did suffer a bit. Um, felt kind of lonely and a bit just like, like I said, nothing was exciting, which is, a, I guess, a kind of form of depression because then, you know, then my normal day to day was just, I don't know, sad. Yeah, in a weird way. That's so interesting. It's just it's it sounds kind of like sort of like thrill seeking almost is what you have you have to keep pursuing the next thrill. Yeah, and I suppose there's an interesting part of that. You mentioned I'm a celebrity because th there's arguably a relatively new thing where you are among sort of celebrity athletes, and I think that's an interesting concept in all of this too, where people do recognise you and they do know you, mm -hmm. and perhaps years ago that wasn't necessarily the case. Yeah, no, and that. That's that is the, the weird thing that I had to kind of navigate because as mm. soon as after the Olympics and and I'm a celebrity, like it was like life changed. Yeah. Like ev like I, it wasn't crazy, but like I would get recognised and and all this sort of stuff, and and it did put me on edge a bit because it is strange to get used to that sort of thing because then you you're being watched twenty four seven in a way, um, and that is weird. And then also being surrounded by like other because I don't think like I, when I look at athletes and I obviously I'm an athlete. I don't put as, I don't know, you don't feel like a celebrity because you don't really live a celebrity life in a way because mm. it's it's gruesome. Like training, you go, sometimes swimmers, for example, get up at God knows what time to go training <laughs> at 5 a.m. Luckily, I don't do that. But I still get up every day and train pretty much all day. And it's not a, a, like a, a luxurious life at all. So I kind of don't, and, and not every celebrity has that either, but I just don't feel like we are kind of the same sort of people. So I always find it really hard to um, kind of connect mm. with, celebrities yeah. and stuff. Did you feel supported in this in this chapter, in this period that we're talking about? You said there were others who had experienced similar. Was there support there? Yes, um, there was. And and because I said that I was aware of this this thing, I, like, I made sure that, like, with my, my manager, Luke, he, like, I, we made it very, um, like, certain that, that I would probably, at some point, feel rubbish. And we need to have a kind of a plan in place and, and to really look after my, my mental health. And, and like, for so for example, like in that department, we, we tried to do every, everything we could and we did. And then like, you know, my family also understood that as well. And my friends and like professional help as well. To be fair, um, after I'm a Celeb, uh, ITV, they like, they pay for you to have like, um, uh, like therapy mm. if you need it. And I was like, I think I do need it. Um, mm. And that actually helped quite a lot. Um, for sure. So we de definitely had plans in place, but I think ultimately you can't. I don't know. It's a weird when you can't. Even if you have all those things in place, it sometimes sometimes gets you. Yeah. Voiceover describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. Voiceover on settings, so you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from ten to eleven. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, I've never been elite at anything, Matty. Oh, no. Don't oh, that's you. Yeah, I'm elite totally radio-y. at peace. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> I'm entirely at peace with it, I have to say. I just, I just, I'm so... Always trying to understand, I suppose, that the mentality, I guess, of when you've when you've peaked, when you've got a gold medal, mm-hmm. and you do go back to training, as we've kind of discussed, that actually you are you've already proved that you're the best, and you have to get your brain into a place where training to be the best again is something that you really want to drive at, and I just find that really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, that is that is a uh, it's difficult because as soon as you. Uh, I didn't have any pressure on me, really, going into Tokyo. Obviously, Tom did because everyone has known Tom for years and it was potentially his last Olympics. Um, And I had no pressure, but I knew, obviously, we were going to do a job. I knew we were hoping to get a medal and, you know, and the gold. But with with pressure, it doesn't, like, you just got to sort of, I don't know, you just got to avoid, like, just ignore it as much as you can. And also... Now it's different because people actually ex- expectations. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's sorry, that took me. So is, yeah, is, there, is there more pressure then yeah, or exactly. less because you've done you it? Do you relax or are you like, oh my word, everyone thinks we're going to win every time now? I know you're not. You're not diving with Tom now. Yeah, but. It's, no, it, it, it is like that. Like it, it's, it's almost worse now because people mm. expect it from you, and that was a difficult thing. I basically spent all of last season, uh, the 2022 season, like kind of just navigating this new pressure and trying to ignore it as much as possible because realistically, I know deep down, I don't really care what I do now. I've got it. Mm. And no one can ever take that away from me. Um, Obviously, at the same time, I'm still an athlete and that's still something I love and I want to keep on doing it. But, like, you know, like, getting an Olympic gold medal is really, really hard. And, like, going going for it again, like, I'm going to definitely try, but, like, I will be okay if I don't get that again. Because I've done it and no one can take that mm. away from me. Yeah. You've got a new partner, haven't you? Yes, I do. So explain how that works. Because I'm always fascinated. You you talked before about how you know all the pressure was on Tom. Everyone mm-hmm. knew Tom Daly. So you, in some ways, could almost sit back a bit. Yeah. Obviously, that's changed now. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mean in performance, but no, I mean no, in no, the no, limelight. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's changed now. Are you sort of the senior member in that partnership? How's that working? Yes. Yeah, so tell, tell us about your partner. Yes. Yeah, so my new synchro partner, he's Noah Williams. He um, he's a great diver. Uh, he's from London. Um, and we've been really good friends. And he's been so basically he was our reserve for us for me, mine and Tom's synchro um, partnership. Uh, like just in case I got injured or Tom got injured, Noah would jump in because imagine if we got to the Olympic Games, Tom gets injured. Theoretically, my Olympic dreams are over as well, mm. and it's not my. F- I haven't done anything, mm. so it's always good to have that sort of thing in place. Um, he also competed at the Olympics, so he's an Olympian himself. Um, and initially, when we started, I was like, "Oh, I need to take on the role of what Tom was for me." 
um, with Noah, and that just didn't work out for me at all. Like that's not just that's just not how I work. I'm not really a leader in in that sort of way. I'm I'm more of a just let me know what I need to do and I'm going to do it mm. sort of thing. I work very simple, but it's just the way I work best, and it's it's all about finding how you work best and sticking at it. Don't change for anyone. And and to be fair, Noah is a, even though he's younger than me. He he's kind of the leader in, but I always see the leader in this synchro partnership as someone who like kind of just says, "All right, we need to be here at this time." He's good with like logistics, and I'm terrible. I'm <laughs> always kind of late to things. So yeah, that's that's how it kind of works. And you just kind of we we realized that quite quite soon because it didn't it wasn't working for us. And then I I just went back to how I normally was, and then mm. it, yeah, we're all good. Would we see a, a, a Tom Matty partnership again, or has that ship sailed? I mean, I, I would. I think we both would love that. Mm. We we both would really really love that, and I miss him terribly at the pool because we were like best friends, and for like almost three years we'd, I think it was three years, I'd see him every single day. I'd, I'd know what he's up to now. Now I don't, um, which is sad. But I, I, we catch up as as much as we can. Um, I don't. I think I don't know. I think that ship sailed, but obviously that's up to Tom to um, decide. He's that good. He could just come back within a year of the Olympics and probably be ready to win a medal. Really? Because I wondered that, how yeah. quickly you can get it back if you've stepped out. It, 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 it varies from whoever you are. And Tom is just very gifted. Like, he, he did come in for, a, like, a, a fun session. Not fun session. We were just training as normal, but he came in to try it out and see how he felt. And, like, he actually wasn't, like... I, I mean, obviously, I was better than him at the time. <laughs> like, fi- finally, <laughs> finally. <laughs> um, because I've been training normally and he's had a whole year out. But he actually was pretty good. When I have four weeks off in the summer, I am terrible when I get back. Really? I, like, I'm g- genuinely, with diving, it's all about muscle memory. Mm. And when you lose that, you, you are back to basics. Like, it's something you can't just keep on for a while. So, but Tom could do it, I reckon, because he's Tom and he's just, he's just <laughs> how Superman. Many, how many dives do you do to be, like, in competition prep? So I yeah. always apply this to gymnastics because mm-hmm. of the world that in which I inhabit. <laughs> and gymnastics, it's always like you've got to compete a minimum of 20 routines before your coach will tell you you can compete that move or whatever. Because, um, once again, it's all muscle memory. Do you have a certain, like, I've got to dive that dive well X amount of times before I compete it? Or is it not like that? Uh, no, I think it, it definitely is. Uh, but that's kind of something that the coaches and the physios and the weights coaches kind of just decide themselves. And then, like, my coach, Jane, she's amazing. She knows how many dives I do a session. She'll write my plan, first of all. And they're always there's always a meaning behind each training mm-hmm. session. And, the like, I... Because that's the way I work. I'm not good with logistics and numbers and stuff. So you just I, get told. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> just tell me what to do. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And it like it took a while for us to realize. That. But anyway, um, but no, that it is the same sort of thing. Mm. We've got to do so many hours and so many somersaults and dives to actually finally get it to kind of perfect. But it still doesn't mean you're gonna dive perfect on the day, mm. which is the annoying thing yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel it's, it's like when we have a weekend off we can't say sentences again next yeah. week it's ridiculous no I mean it's completely different in some ways but you know what I mean yeah. I feel like without wishing to be out of turn I feel like I feel like you've recovered the joy in what you're doing if I you know from what you're saying and I think that is particularly remarkable because you had a really difficult end to last year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when your dad died yeah. sadly yeah. Um, but I, I feel like you've kind of 
picked up again to that fair to say how do you feel about that yeah yeah that the end of end of last year uh, was something awful um mm. and it was very shocking uh, and it just was unfair um and that was really hard time for me my mum and my brother mm. and the rest of my family um but like i always thought my, with my dad he he loved my diving he absolutely loved it and he was just so and like it's annoying because obviously at the same time like you know when you're you know every, everyone's got a pair well i've i've got my mum and my dad and i used to well mm-hmm. anyway, um <laughs> you always take things for granted you know like my dad would always be on my case about diving and stuff but it just because he cared so much and, and i and i now wish you know i could go back a few years and just let him be like that and because you know as a as a son you know you're like oh i'm all right dad leave me alone sort of thing <laughs> that's what kids do to parents exactly, it's exactly. fine exactly that's normal exactly Absolutely. exactly but now i'm now i'm just like oh, damn. He, all he did was he just cared mm. and i i love that and he so like coming back to diving wasn't too difficult for me because i knew he loved that and he loved the fact that like he was kind of part of my career in a well he was mm. um and he couldn't help himself anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, 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 it has been a really tough period and it will be a tough period. It, you know, my life won't be the same ever again. Um, but for diving, diving-wise, I feel, I feel all right because, you know, I feel like I'm probably most closest to my dad when I'm diving, nice. in, a, in a way. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Just briefly, because I can't believe we've nearly run out of time here. The future. Give us a little... What 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 we're working towards. Where are you at? So what we're working towards is the Paris Olympics. Mm. Uh, obviously, that's the long-term goal, even though it's only next year. There's obviously a lot that goes in um, before that. Uh, we have to try and qualify at the World Championships this year, which is in Japan. Uh, so hopefully I can explore a bit of Japan and it's not in COVID, whatever. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully... Uh, qualify for individual as well. I want to go because I only did nice. synchro at the yeah. Olympics, and I want to do both this time. So cool. that's It'd that's quite the different. main. It is. It's very different, yeah. um, and it's a lot harder. You're doing two different competitions, um, but as long as I don't jeopardize one or the other, yeah. uh, uh, and I can do both fine, I'm going to do that. But obviously, if if I'm, I don't know, if I'm struggling, and I'm going to jeopardize both. I'll take one away and concentrate because mm. it's all about the medals, really. Like yeah. it really is at the Olympics. So I want that again. Yeah. This is Chloe and Callum sitting in for Jane and Fee this week. They've swanned off on their holidays. I imagine they're having a lovely, lovely time of it. They strike me as a pair that will have a lovely time on a holiday. They will holiday well, I think, is what <laughs> I'm saying. They were giddy. They were absolutely quite giddy. Quite right, Team happy, absolutely. They're having a rest, and we're very glad to be here with you on Off Air. And thank you for listening to our big guest today, Olympic champion and GB diver, Matty Lee, who we love. Yeah, and Brilliant. I thought it was quite incredible, actually, the motivation that he's managed to find to push on. And the fact that he was talking there, not just about wanting to try and get another Olympic medal in the synchronised diving, but wants to try and get an individual as well. So still kind of striving. And, you know, he's had a lot of change. He talked, didn't he, at the end, of, you know, the, the awful shock of his, his dad dying at the end of last year and the impact it's had on him and his outlook. Um, but he's managing to kind of focus and and try and push on. And yeah, I mean, if he could go to the Olympics, what is next year, isn't it? Paris yeah. 2024 and compete and get medals both in synchronised and individual diving will be incredible. I think the theme of the interview, while it is a bit of a cliche, was highs and lows because he seemed to sort of talk about the spectacular thrill of winning an Olympic gold medal, also doing I'm a Celebrity, and then trying to get back to just normal, going mm-hmm. back to training and processing that thought of, well, I've already peaked in, in that way. I've won. I've reached the summit. And now I have to keep training so that I can do it again. 
And I just thought it was so fascinating, actually, how much that theme, as I say, sorry, it's a cliche, but it is the reality the highs and lows of what he has experienced in the last couple of years, that really came through, I think. We were talking to him off air uh, when he came in just to kind of get him warmed up and let him know that we weren't trying to catch him out or anything. (laughs) We just wanted to have like a nice conversation with him. And it was really interesting. He was talking about the pressures that young athletes can feel, Mm. particularly from parents. And he said he didn't feel it himself, but often when there are kids who are training hard and have got a dream, the parents put this huge amount of pressure on their kids. And actually... That is the worst thing you can do. And it must be very difficult because if you want your child to do well, but he says, you know, you just got to gotta sit back, you got to be hands off, you got to support them, be there for the journey, cope with the sacrifices, whatever it may be, but actually just hands off and mm. let them do their thing. Lovely man. Successful man already. And I we mean, got a selfie. Yeah, we did get a selfie, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I imagine more success to come with his new partner, who is Noah Williams, who seems to be an absolute superstar as well, it has to be said, at diving. Um, so lots more to come from Matty Lee. It was a great, great pleasure to speak to him today. Uh, we love hearing from you, as ever. So do make sure you keep getting in touch with us. You can email jane at fee at times.radio because we've hijacked their email account for the week. <laughs> of course, you can tweet us at timesradio um, and make sure that you follow us if you can you can leave a review of the podcast it would be really really good and um, really nice we got a lovely message actually just as Matty had left the studio so we couldn't read it to him uh, but uh, we, we got an anonymous message which said I used to dive with you Matty and your brother in Leeds and now I'm listening to your interview from Istanbul amazing to see how far you've come and lovely to hear that you haven't lost your accent <laughs> yeah that's nice actually <laughs> he's from Leeds he's very proudly mm, from Leeds yeah um, and yeah that's a good point well he said it was quite hard actually because he had to move down mm-hmm. when he was training with Tom Daly. He had to move to London. It was kind of weird sort of working out where he should live and initially he made sure that he lived quite close to where he was training then it all felt a bit much and then he moved somewhere else and he kind of had to to find his way because yeah it's yeah, it's a bit another one of those sacrifices, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. One of the other things we were talking about on air that we're bringing off air uh, was GPs and the difficulties mm. actually that GPs are facing, which is probably quite well advertised, but today new numbers on this, that GPs are dealing with up to 3,000 patients each, which is astonishing, utterly astonishing. What a remarkable number. Um, and we were speaking to the chair of the Royal College of GPs today. Louise and Hull gets in touch. In my experience of calling 111 and consulting a pharmacist on both occasions, I was sent to A&E. Whilst at A&E, I was told I'd have been better off seeing a GP. Just worth throwing this kind of experience into the mix, um, says Louise. So it's, I think the how to work the health care system often catches all of us out where do i go first Mm. where is my first port of call how does this work how serious is this am i misjudging the seriousness of what i'm feeling just now and therefore i need to go to the next stage and cut out this first stage and it's something that we probably all need to learn a bit better in terms of how we're adapting to the pressures the health service is under at every level but i remember dialing 111 a couple of years ago when my daughter had a rash And I was pretty certain, she had a rash on her face, that she had been doing a handstand for too long at gymnastics, not breathing properly. And it was basically just little red pinpricks, if you like, Mm -hmm. on her face. It was almost like burst blood vessels. I was pretty sure about this. This had happened before. I dialed 111 because I'd done the glass test on her face for meningitis and it hadn't disappeared, which as a parent, you always think, "Mm, gosh, this Mm -hmm. is worrying. And I told them all of this. I said, look, she's had this before. I'm pretty certain this is what it is. But they don't want to make a mistake. So they said, well, you've got to go to A&E. I get to A&E. And they said, well, it's just it's just burst blood vessels from doing a handstand too long. And you're kind of like, oh. Yeah. You know, it's difficult. You don't want them to make mistakes and say, oh, it'll be all right. Don't go to A&E. But then equally, I kind of wanted them to say, don't go to A&E. Because mm. I thought I knew what it was. And I did know. But that's the problem. I'm on a phone. They're not looking at it. They can't see what her exactly. face is like. So you're diagnosing over a phone. 
Which is never ideal. And just on a on a slightly corporate but important note, the Times is running its health commission at the moment, which is one of the brilliant things the Times does where it gathers experts. They did this with education. And they, they meet throughout the year. Uh, they hold summits. They speak to experts. They are experts themselves. And the whole point is to suggest policy initiatives that could make a real difference. And a few weeks ago in the Times, they were reporting on a GP surgery in Somerset, where it's basically... The front line of it has turned into a call centre, effectively, where they can then triage the patients that are calling in. But they have skills and expertise. They've done away with titles like receptionist. That's not a thing anymore. Right. For example, these people have all got better training than, you know, in inverted commas, sorry about this, simply a receptionist. Or, or just medical I mean. training. Exactly, yeah. there's medical training there. And, um, and so that's a really interesting example of an evolution of a GP practice. And they guarantee uh, an appointment to everybody that needs it same day which is unheard of in mm. so many parts of the country at the moment. I haven't had a GP appointment for, in ages and ages, but I, I went very recently and I needed my blood pressure taking. Now, back in the day, you'd have to get an appointment mm. with a nurse to have your blood pressure taken. Now they've got this um, gadget, this machine in reception. You just go in, you put it on your arm, you get your blood pressure, and then you hand it in at reception. They pass it to it the GP. So that right. cuts out having to go in. It's, it's about innovation, isn't it, at the end 100%. of the day? 100%. That's the thing. So, Louise, thank you. That was a thought-provoking email. We love getting your emails. Jane and Fee at times.radio is the email address to send to. By the way, Louise signs off by saying, I, I'm not listening at breakfast, so it's interesting to hear you two in the afternoon. We'll take that. I hope interesting is We'll take good. interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, we should say, if you missed today's winning word oh, yes. on air, well, let's take it off air. Today's winning word in tribute to Matty Lee is diving. So that's your second word of five of the week. The other three will come on the programmes that we're looking after this week. So Wednesday afternoon, three till five. Thursday afternoon, three till five. Also on the Off Air podcast. But then crucially on breakfast between seven and nine for the word. We're on air from six, but you can join from seven if you want. Between seven and nine for your fifth word for a chance to be one of five winners of a six-month Digital subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times completely for free. So gather your words. You should have two written down now and we'll catch up again soon. Try and contain your excitement to that gift. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. We worked hard for that. You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you liked what you heard and thought, hey, I want to listen to this but live, uh, then you can Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5 on Times Radio. Yeah. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.